Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining me for an episode of the Medical Sports Nutrition Podcast. My name's Dr Andrew Matheson and this week we're going to be running through some papers on fish oil and other omega-3 supplements and what they may have shown recently. So the first paper, um, it's from the BMJ, it's called Dietary Intake and Biomarkers of Alpha-Linaic Acid and Risk of All-Cause Cardiovascular and Cancer Mortality. Um, and it's a meta-analysis looking at uh, the impact of ALA on mortality and the associations they found uh, with 200,000, just under 200,000 deaths. Now, uh, firstly, a little reminder to ourselves, obviously the, um, the omega-3s, we tend to split into uh, ALA, which we'll find more in sort of soybeans and flax seeds, and EPA, which, uh, and DHA, which found more in seafood. Now, the, the reason this caught my eye, I mean, it clearly it's, it's a large uh, meta-analysis. Um, uh, it was, it, it, what it came out with finding was that, yes, there was... Uh, a decrease in all-cause all cause mortality in cardiovascular disease and coronary heart disease, but there was actually, with ALA, a slightly higher risk of cancer mortality. Um, now, it doesn't go on to talk about why exactly that might be, um, just, uh, just says that, okay, clearly more studies are, are needed to sort of find why, why this would be. Um, and this this is coming on the background of a few other sort of recent um, recent articles. One of the other ones, so one last year from the BMJ, uh, associations of habitual fish oil supplementation with cardiovascular outcomes and all-cause mortality, um, which was uh, one one of these sort of biobank studies. So um, large. Co- Biobank cohort study with just under 500,000 men and women um, aged 40 to 69, 40 to 69, um, and, and that had shown that regular use, reported use of fish oil seems to be associated with lower all-cause and cardiovascular mortality. Um, so that's uh, looking at uh, sort of EPA and DHA. And then this study, this, this, this one that's just come out, looking at the ALA. Now, the one looking at EPA did show that lower risk of all-cause and cardiovascular mortality. And then the, the other study, which um, we've sort of seen recently, as I'll, I'll just pull it up, was, um, was published in Nature Communications. Um, and that was an open access article um, by Harris et al. And it was... Uh, blood fatty acid levels and total and cause specific mortality from 17 prospective studies. So another meta-analysis um, and what that seemed to show that higher circulating levels of, sort of omega-3 um, and marine omega-3 um, were associated with a lower risk of premature death. Now with Sort of the question of sort of fish oils, omega three oils, ALA. It's sometimes useful for us just to sort of step back and, and remind ourselves a little bit about about the history and and all the different uh, sort of complicating factors because people tend to have sort of quite strong feelings on some of these things. So the um, the first thing that it's worth popping back to is just reminding ourselves of when 
when did we start to think about omega-3 oils and why they might be useful for, for us and healthy for us. Um, and for that, I think we all kind of think back to sort of the Bang and Dyberg studies of the 70s. Um, now, something to do with omega-3 fish oils seems to be linked with what they felt initially was more likely to be an element of improving cardiovascular disease. But actually, what we're starting to see more of is, is, is a link to anti-inflammatory effects. I think we're all happy with this idea that there's omega-6 oils from things such as uh, sort of sunflower and omega-3. And we know that omega-6 in many situations can be quite pro-inflammatory, omega-3 anti-inflammatory. And uh, this ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 is useful for um, uh, kind of anti-inflammatory effects. Um, and uh, sort of articles such as um, one that was in BMJ's uh, Open Heart um, talk about how that reduction in inflammation linked to a low omega-6 to omega-3 ratio might be beneficial in, in cardiovascular disease. Uh, but uh, still lots of unanswered questions. So and that's a, that's a long way of then coming back to well, what, why am I talking about this paper today? So where it feels we are at this moment today is that we're still just trying to prove that, that very initial question to ourselves that are we absolutely sure that, okay, fine, we're not, we're not quite sure why, but are we sure that certain levels of omega-3, whether or not it's ALA or EPA and DHA, are linked to reduced death rate? Use that as a starter. And between that nature study and now this BMJ study, um, we can say, yes, EPA um, and your sort of seafood and their fish oils seem to be linked to reduce all-cause mortality, especially, uh, and cardiovascular disease mortality. ALA also seems to be linked to reduce all-cause mortality and cardiovascular disease mortality, but there's this slight rise in cancer mortality that we need to look into. Um, and, and for me, so what, what? what's this going to change in my practice? I suppose it's that key question of which omega-3s do we need to be uh, suggesting to our patients? And it, it always coming back to the idea of, well, I suppose it depends on the patient, doesn't it? Um, what's their diet like? If someone has a vegan diet and is very worried about cancer risk, should we be discussing trials like this with them? Should we be saying, look, it may be that actually you're very worried about cancer risk, there's a lot of cancer in your family, or find out why they're so worried about it, and then we can chat to them about, well, this is where our understanding is at the moment. If it's not a concern for them at all, and they're far more worried about cardiovascular risk, then again, you can use something like this to say, look, there's a lot of unknowns, but this is where we are right now. So, um, and I suppose that comes on to the next study that uh, I was looking at, which, um, I'll just pull it up, is uh, fish oil, and what's its sort of application and use going to be in masters athletes, and how much evidence is there that uh, 
we should be re recommending it uh, to improve the adaptive response of skeletal muscle to exercise training in, in our older patients. Um, so this was published in Sports Medicine. Um, it's called Fish Oil for Healthy Aging, Potential Application to Masters Athletes uh, and uh, Murphy et al. Now, uh, just a little reminder again of, of what, what do we... What do we know about this already? Um, if we if we open our our textbooks, what what does that talk about when it comes to to this question? Well, the studies showing that they might decrease DOMS, which fits with uh, our our thinking that omega threes or omega six to three ratio is is um, is, is anti inflammatory, um, and and that makes lots of sense when we sort of start to think about uh, arachidonic acid pathways and and all that. We also know there's plenty of studies that have shown that it seems to help um, uh, allow mTOR increases, which is linked to increase um, sort of response to resistance training. With those two in mind, what you'd hope would be that this review would say, yeah, and when we use it um, in our... Uh, our older athletes, we actually also see um, a increased adaptive response to the exercise training. Uh, the review essentially says there's insufficient evidence. There aren't the studies to show that actually this is going to change what happens to um, your, your older masters athletes' um, training response. Um, is it going to change what I do? Uh, whilst it's an interesting read, probably not. Um, and that's going to be because actually from what we've already been discussing and already been reading, I'm going to be pretty comfortable recommending to my master's athletes um, that they ought to be taking omega-3 and paying a little close attention to sort of how much fish oil uh, and omega-3 they get in anyway and trying to encourage it because I know that whilst it may not be getting the training benefits or there's not the proof that it's getting the training benefits, uh, there is the proof that it, it hopefully will stop them dying. Whilst uh, I was sort of reading around these papers and, and kind of updating my knowledge, I came across a few different uh, things which I think are worth, worth recommending to people who want to, to, to listen to a few, a few alternative things. Um, the first one was, uh, I'm a big fan of the sort of Found My Fitness podcast from Dr. Rhonda Patrick, and she's got a really nice uh, podcast interviewing uh, someone called Dr. Bill Harris, who's a, a professor of medicine at Stanford um, School, of, sorry, Sanford School of Medicine, uh, not Stanford, um, and he's very uh, pro-omega-3s and has developed his own omega-3 index and obviously has a, a very particular viewpoint of it. But what I liked in the talk was the sort of discussion about some of the adverse effects of omega-3s and the one that often, when we think about it, kind of springs to mind is, oh, what about bleeding risk? Uh, and talks about how actually... Um, how we ought to be looking at that and and where that where that fits in and why it shouldn't be something that's such a, a concern um, so I thought that was that interview really so, uh, helped my understanding of that the second thing which uh, I don't think they touch upon but just uh, just to remind ourselves as well is the uh, when we're recommending lots of fish to uh, 
to athletes um, in fish oils is, is how are they going to take it and how are they going to get it and what's the risk of, sort of uh, certain mercury um, poisoning and um, how do they have to be careful the sorts of fish they eat and um, I think most of us will be happy with the fact that fish oils tend not to have the problem with sort of mercury. Certain fish, the bigger fish, the predator fish, such as swordfish, obviously have, have a reputation. And then the smaller fish, we generally tend to, to view as uh, having, having lower levels and being lower risk. So um, those, those were the two studies that kind of caught my eye this week. Um, I suppose the other thing that I saw this week that, that kind of bounces off the back of it, and again, just this idea that um, humans are, are very complicated creatures. We've been talking a lot about um, how initially the assumption about cardiovascular disease and how it might work was made. Um, but just reading an article in uh, Clinical Medicine, which is a, a journal for the sort of Royal College of Physicians, and it was just doing a review on cardiovascular disease and actually how some of the cardiologists now view having a heart attack and having an angina is almost different disease processes and this is based on the, the sort of realization that the treatments for having a acute MI a sudden heart attack you would think would work really well for angina where okay there's clearly not quite the supply that you need and that's the kind of traditional thought process so let, let's open up the, those arteries if we see a narrowing well actually the, the the data from all these very impressive kind of trials that have come out is that sort of surgical interventions the stenting don't really seem to make that much of a difference and cardiovascular disease and this chronic cardiovascular disease has a much bigger inflammatory component than we were ever taught when we went through medical school or we, there was there was the understanding for and I suppose this I just like to then reflect that back in my thought process too well when we're looking at a study from the 1970s and we're, we're picking it apart in 2014 or 2021 all they can do is work with on the understanding of the disease process at the time so if our understanding of the disease process has changed, well, clearly, um, whilst we can look at the data, their assumptions may have been wrong. But that's not their fault. That's just them working with what they have available at the time. So thank you very much for joining me. Hope you have a super week. Get lots of exercise. Um, it's just starting to get a bit chilly here. So wrap up nice and warm and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much. Bye.